What time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Welcome to Position of Neutrality. Welcome to New Freedom. Um, we open every session of Position of Neutrality with a prayer, and Wayne has agreed to do that. How is everybody tonight? If you could stand in your feet. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this room tonight, Lord. Speak to the, to the hearts and to the minds of these, your people, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your redemption and your restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, everybody. Who's here at Position of Neutrality for the first time tonight? Anybody? A few of you? Very good. Good. So first of all, welcome to all of you. You may perceive us a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. And the primary reason that's liable to happen is we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years. We take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so week directly out of this book. And we use this book in 12-step recovery, why? Yeah, the process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances, yeah? So what I attempt to do is show you how I find my experience in the book and encourage you to have your experience with the book. And if we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you have been here before and can witness that happen? So, not a very enthusiastic crowd. Are you too cold? When we speak to you of a spiritual experience in 12-step recovery, we're talking about a sensory experience. You're going to feel it. When you do, I'll know, and I'll call it to your attention, because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration of the power. Another thing we do, we're a little quirky, but when I say God, you say, because we don't want anyone coming here and letting prejudice about certain religious or theological terms block them from that power within that's going to restore their life with them and through them. Yes? Okay. So tonight we're going to take a look at the instructions for step three. How many of you have been to an AA meeting before? Oh good, a bunch of you. So in most AA meetings I've ever attended, we read a little portion of this chapter which we'll take a look at, but what it really is is the instructions or the wrap-up of steps one and two leading us to a third step decision. So we're going to go through that and see if we're all on track. Make sense? So we're in chapter five, how it works. And they start out with a promise and there's always a condition. So it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. How many of you see promise in that? What was it? Rarely have we seen a person fail. To, to Christian's point, there is a path. A lot of us weren't sure that was true. The authors are very specific, though. There was a hundred of them telling the story of the first several thousand, but they speak of one path. I don't think it was an accident. Who felt that? Some of you are feeling that. Okay. So those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. 
usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. You ever pondered, any of you had a struggle with recovery, come in and not stick? <laughs> any of you ever wonder if you were a cannot or a will not? What'd you conclude? Powerlessness is not a respecter of cannot or will not. How many of you thought you were a will not until you found out you were a cannot? That's usually after we're out there and we're wanting out of the game and we can't get out of the game. Okay, so it says they're constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Honest with themselves about what? They've talked about some specific things, to Sean's point, my alcoholism or my status as an addict, but the doctor speaks specifically of an experience and the author speaks specifically of an experience. They're both internal experiences, and if we don't own those, we're unlikely to move forward. Does that make sense? So the, the, the doctor on page XXVIII, Roman numeral 28, down at the bottom of that page, it says, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. Yes! If you guys aren't drinkers, do you relate to, you use whatever it is you used because you like the effect produced? Are most of you sober somewhat today? Okay, that's a good start. Um, how many of you sitting there sober can still bring to your consciousness, to your awareness, that sense of ease and comfort that comes to you once you get... So as we're sitting here, we need to be honest. I can still, even the suffering I've been through, I can still make it pleasant sitting here all this time later, yes? Says the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. That's why I don't want to stay in that delusion long, because I know it comes with a consequence. Yes? Says to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one, and this is what you got to own if you want to grow here. Says they are restless, irritable, and discontented, unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which they see others taking with impunity. How many of you have noticed you get abstinent and then all of a sudden you have a certain restlessness. Discontent, irritability. That was what they knew. So I'm not going to live well abstinent. That's my lived experience. Because I won't stay in restlessness, irritability, and discontent long. Because I can bring to consciousness right now, many years sober, that ease and comfort that comes at once by getting a fix or a script or a drink, I wasn't all that choosy. My, my drug of choice was more. Um, so now I want to go to page. More pie. More pie. More pie. Huh? More pie. More pie. They're, they're messing with me bad. I want to go to page 50, please. And I don't want any more pie right now. 
Everyone can see clearly that I've had plenty of pie. All right. Chris tells me one day at dinner, he goes, you know, ever since I got out, I think I've become addicted to food. <laughs> and I said, and here you have landed right in the trap house. <laughs> Those of you who know how we eat around here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so I'm on page 50. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. So the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism as told by the first 100. And now they're doing that wrap up for us. Remember I promised you a wrap up of one and two leading us to a decision. Right. Yep. So it's they flatly declare that since they've come to believe in a power greater than themselves, so it's a condition, yes? I've come to believe in a power greater than myself based on a tangible demonstration which we went over last week, right? And then it says to take a certain attitude toward that power well, I didn't say that yet, but good, good, you're, you're on it. And to do certain simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. How many of you need a revolution in the way you live and think from time to time? How many of you in active addiction desperately needed a revolution in the way you were living and thinking? Okay. So it says, in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. Does that sound like abstinence to you? No, we don't live well abstinent. I don't know why people started talking that way. We know that we're going to be restless, irritable, and discontented unless we find ease and comfort. They've told us where and how to find it. We have a well within us, deep down inside every man, woman, and child. And that ease and comfort comes from within. Handy little trick to know for an addict of the hopeless variety. Because when I start looking for it out there, it's fleeting and soon lost. But in the last analysis, when I look within, there it is. Yes? Okay. So those are the two things i got to be honest about. Am I restless, irritable, and discontented from time to time? And have I learned where the well is for the likes of me so I don't get caught up in the world? And if not, then I'm obviously there's conditions. We're going to take certain steps, yes? And we're about to look at three, so probably four through 12. Can we be honest about that? It's not rocket science, but we do complicate things. Okay, so then it says... There are such unfortunates. There are people, no matter how clearly we explain this to them, demonstrate this to them, they will not hear it. That doesn't mean we did it wrong, because it's above our pay grade to restore. All I do is bear witness to restoration. Make sense? And then it says they're not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. How many of you have worked with somebody who told you, I think I'm one of those people who's constitutionally incapable of being honest? How many of you pointed out to them, have you ever tried the manner of living? Because I've had a lot of people tell me, I think I'm that guy because they want permission to give up. Number one, you don't need permission to give up. Just give the fuck up. 
But if you don't want to give up and you're just wanting someone to sign it, I'm not going to sign it. Walk with me. There's a manner of living. This power will reveal himself to you and through you if you'll walk with me. Does that make sense? And then it says there are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So we're going to be honest about needing ease and comfort, and we're going to be honest about where it's found. Yes? How many of you have met those people with grave emotional and mental disorders? Come on, you've been in our fellowships. You've met them, right? How many of you figured out it was you? We laugh about that, but we're a little perplexed, right? I don't want to go there. How many of you made it to public detox on the way here? Any of you? You notice there's a whole lot of people down there we didn't want to be like, huh? Any of them point out to you like they did me that I was there as a patient and not an observer? So we don't always think we belong where we find ourselves, do we? Okay. So it says, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. Now, the reason I do the inventory is to find out what I used to be like, what happened, and what I'm like now. It is not about what it was like, which we've heard people talk about. That's just perspective. No matter what I share with you about what it was like, we'll just have a contest who can tell you the worst story. But I can tell you what I was like. I was selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate. I was full of guilt, shame, and remorse. I found myself in a hopeless state. I was told I had a fatal illness. They told me I would soon die. And I said, please tell me when. I already know the part about dying. I would need to know the when. That's who I was. That's what I was like. And then... I encountered a man who knew this power we speak of, and he spoke to me with a resonance that while he spoke, I felt him, even though I did not comprehend him. And I knew if that man would share with me what he was talking to me about, I would never be the same. And that was a long time ago, and I've never been the same. Does that make sense? And now we share this with all of you. And we hope all of you will walk from here and share it with all those that you encounter. All right. So if you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So it would be interesting, since these guys are all long dead, we need to find out what it is they had so I can decide whether I'm going, willing to go anywhere to get it. Does that make sense? So go to page 25. I'm trying to go to page 25. Okay, thank you for the help. It's good to have a map. So in the middle of page 25, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences. Deep and effective. Those are interesting words, aren't they? And they said spiritual experiences. So they're not talking to you about theologies or theories or concepts or understandings based on knowledge. Yes? They're talking about something that transforms and changes my mind. Yes? Okay. 
So it says, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. That was good. Y'all are good. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Now that doesn't sound like much to church folks, right? Because we could declare that. But half of these guys were atheists or agnostics prior to their encounter. And now those same people, to a man, because they told you, they boldly declare that this power you speak of dwells within me and lives through me. Pretty profound witness, don't you think? says, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. That's their witness. How many of you have had a revolution in the way you live and think and have all of a sudden had things happening for you and through you that were greater than you could have imagined for you? So then we join this cloud of witnesses, Yes. So then they're going to talk to us a little more because they meet us where we are because that's always the way it is. If you're seriously alcoholic, as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. What might be a middle-of-the-road solution? (laughs) Meetings, meetings, meetings. Coffee makers make it. (laughs) Planning conventions. I'm not making fun of any of the activities we do to enjoy fellowship. I'm saying some people get confused and think that's what we do. That's not our manner of living. That's our fellowship, our program's in here, and it's not enough to read it. You gotta do what it says. And if you do, you'll enjoy the freedom. Does it make sense? Okay, so I'm gonna go back to where we were and get right said, if we're willing to go to any length to get it, are you ready to get that absolute certainty that your creator dwells within you and lives through you? Regardless of what you brought. Hi, JJ. Regardless of what you came here believing. Okay. Then they tell us something very obvious right away. At some of these we balked. How many of you saw the steps written on the wall and go, well, I'm okay with part of three and I'll be happy to go tell other people what to do. No? Any of you look at that step four and go, I don't even know what that looks like. How many of you looked at five and go, I ain't telling that shit to nobody. How many of you looked at nine? All? Man, I never stole that much if I knew I had to give it back. So at some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. Who's the we? So they had the same thoughts and experiences that we all share, and all they're saying is they're in order for a reason. It's a progressive awakening of the spirit within you, and whatever it is you fear as you awaken the spirit, you will conquer fear. That power in you will conquer the fear. Okay. So it says, with all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. 
Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. How many of you have tried to hold on to old ideas? Where's the main problem center? That's my old idea factory. Where's the solution found? So neither the problem nor the solution are ever external. So it's just going to require a little discipline in order to go get the life I've always dreamed I would have if I could have. Yes? Okay. So it says, remember that we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is? That one is God. May you find him now. So where are we going looking as a group? Deep down inside. Yeah? Okay. And how are we going to look? Sometimes we have to search fearlessly. So I'm prepping in one and two to make a third step decision to search fearlessly within me, which is the fourth step product. Yes? Starting to make sense? All right. So it says half measures availed us nothing. How many of you have employed a few half measures and got the sense that half measures got you at least half and I'm good? How many of you got far enough out on half measures that you got wrecked and then you were worried? Maybe you didn't go out and tear it up, but you got a little worried because you weren't feeling too comfortable. Any of you stop at some point and just get real uncomfortable? Most of us have if we've stayed long enough to have a period to stop, right? So it says, we stood at the turning point. What's the turning point? (laughs) Turning point was probably a minute or two before Copper Springs, in my experience. But yeah, I feel you. And any number of others, too. Sometimes they're not as nice as Copper Springs. Any of you go to a state-funded one? So I said, we ask his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And of course, they're going to go through the 12 steps. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take you to page 60. And I'm going to look at the response of the first 100 and their experience with people like us. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. How many of you looked at it and thought that yourself? How many of you looked at it and thought, I won't go through with it? So now you're getting a little more of that cannot, will not thing. Yes? And the reason you want to get honest is if if I'll acknowledge I can't, then the power to follow through can come into me. But if I announce that I will not, then the power will let me have what it is I insist on having. That is my experience. Anyone else? It got to be tedious out there for me. How about you? The guy standing before you today one time had a note from a psychiatrist so I could go to the state and get my license and stuff reinstated. And he stated as a physician that this man had been under his care for the past nine months and he was emotionally and mentally incapable of performing any personal business during that time. And this guy performs considerable personal business today. 
That make sense? So, it said, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We're not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So if you're willing to grow spiritually, you're going to be fine. Just make your feet move with your mouth. And if you're not willing to grow on spiritual lines, then we'll see you when you get back. It's been my experience. I had a guy tell me that. I said, I'm not sure about all this God stuff. He said, well, you either get to God or get to God. I said, you're awfully creative, so you might want to not stand at the turning point too long. The principles we've set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. How many of you have a hard time claiming progress rather than perfection, if you're honest with yourself? That's part of growing in the human condition. I've got to own that I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. And we both have permission to not be perfect. Right? It's part of growing spiritually. Who felt that? If a whole bunch of you take a deep sigh, there you go. That's the power we call God around here. That's happening in you. Okay, so our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. Notice how they separated those ideas. Because they talked to me about alcohol in one, and they didn't talk to me about unmanageability till two, even though they had me cop to it in one. Yeah? That probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. That God couldn't would if he were sought. Now they've given me this direction, and these are the three pertinent ideas upon which I'm basing my decision. So I now know that if I believe this, then I'm going to go looking earnestly within, searching fearlessly. And because fearlessly does not mean without fear, I'm going to need a power greater than me to go with me. Does it make sense? All right. So then it says being convinced we were at step three. So being convinced of what? A, B, and C. And how many of you have to admit, looking back on the time you made the decision, you may not have been fully convinced, but because you followed through on the process, you later saw that indeed you were convinced. Because that's evidence of the power working through you, even when you were unaware, isn't it? Okay. So then it says, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him, just what do we mean by that and what, just what do we do? I want to call to your attention, especially you guys that are biblically based, they're not saying, even though people in our fellowships have said it for years, a God of your understanding, that's not what they said. They've already told you the encounter they had, the sensory flow of the spirit, the revelatory experience. That's how they understood this power that they all agreed to call God was this revelatory sensory experience within them. So I'm turning my will, my thoughts, and my life, yes, my breath, breath is life. It's not just actions, it's breath. It's all yours. I have agreed to give you my breath, God, for all of my days, and I will advocate for my brothers and sisters as long as I have said breath because of what you've done for me. Does that make sense? Okay. 
The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So it's a requirement, so are we convinced? Based on what? Usually based on our own experience, yeah? But what they did is a higher standard. They said any life. So I've got to quit judging how I think and feel based on how I see people act or hear them speak. I've got to get free of the human condition in order, does it make sense? So it's a tall order and it's not something I can do. It's an admission of powerlessness on another level, isn't it? Okay. So on that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody even though our motives are good. Have you ever had that experience? Like there you were. Great motives, still in an argument with somebody over process or something. Pardon? Oh, why you can't hear? It's all right, man. I've been doing this for lots of years, and people come and they hear it. No one within the sound of my voice got here by accident. There's a reason they came here. So patient, you know, love and tolerance is our code. But this, this, this power will infiltrate this room and it'll roll out of these halls. Bet on it. Most people live, try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like the actor who wants to run the whole show. Is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. How many of you have thought like that from time to time? Because it's a human thing, right? I'm doing my part, why won't they do theirs? So then he's gonna talk a little more about everybody including himself would be pleased, life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest, and self-sacrificing. Thank you. <laughs> Any of you like Sean recognize yourself in that? Come on. Everybody has that in them. I know we don't want to believe it. Kind, considerate, modest at times, even generous, yes? I know mo all of my members here you guys take care of each other. I don't care what society says about you, you guys take care of each other. I watch it here every day. So you do have it in you and I want you to know it. Some of you are feeling it now. Okay. On the other hand, <laughs> here's the other side that we kind of like to. He may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. How many of you find yourself there? How many of you are more comfortable finding yourself there than kind? And, okay, so we got to work on that, don't we? So then it says, but as with most humans, he's more likely to have varied traits. How many of you can at least find yourself in both camps? Okay, so now with, that's going to be an important part of finding out what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, because I'm going to start finding balance in the way I think about me, and when that happens, I'll have balance in the way I think about you. Yes? Okay, so what usually happens? You've been here before. 
says the show doesn't come off very well. Any of you ever have it? He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. How many of you found yourself in an uncomfortable, difficult situation and immediately went to, why me? Then it says he decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be, and still the play does not suit him. Any of you had that experience? (laughs) Summon more power, go out and try harder again, and still it doesn't come out right for you? I can't tell you why that is for you. I can tell you what I discovered is the reason for me. I... um, I'm playing this role that is my life. And I'm scanning and I'm watching and all of a sudden I decide to go out and arrange the lights, the scenery and the ballet and at that moment the lights pan to me. It's time to play the role that is my life and I'm not there to play it because I'm out arranging the scenery. So the show couldn't possibly come off because I was not there to play my part. But that's what I learned. I don't know if that's true for y'all. Um, and then it says, admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure that other people are more to blame. Any of you ever had that happen? Yeah, that's a dangerous place because if the problem and the solution are all found in me and I'm seeing the problem out there, then I have just given all power to that object of my worship in a weird way. Okay, so he becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Anybody? They write it in third person for a reason. We don't need to change it to first person to shame people. We, we want to have self-discovery in an inoffensive way. I can usually see your problem easier than I can see mine. That's why the book's written this way. So we don't need them to rewrite it. I need them to see it on their own when their eyes will let them see. And I'll see it in you. And I'll realize that looks a lot like me. Does that make sense? Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? How many of you thought you were being kind and then later because of your response realized you were being transactional? It's a human thing. No one's, no one's calling you out. We just we learn that when I think I'm being selfless, but I am unhappy with the way you received my selflessness, then I had an attachment. Yes? Then it says, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only he manages well? Have you ever been victimized by said delusion? Did you know... It was a delusion. And if you did, do you know the nature of delusion? Because the nature of delusion is I lie to me and I don't know I'm lying. So if you know your own delusion, you're delusional. How many of you in your addictive disorder realize that you were behaving incomprehensibly, even to you, and thought in the moment it was perfectly normal, rational behavior? Now that is delusion. Brian was explaining to me today he had to go to the doctor to get his heart checked because 
he used to use the Narcan syringe or Narcan syringe to inject methadone in his neck while he was in the detox and he thought he was sober. <laughs> Perfectly rational behavior, wouldn't you say? If you don't believe in miracles, look at him back there holding his baby girl. So it's not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants. And do not at his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show. Yeah. Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Yeah. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. So it says our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lulls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. So they went through a whole series of the kind of kerfuffles we find ourselves in, but now they've got a question for us regardless of whatever your experience has been. Whatever our protestations are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. So when I find myself in those places, is that where I find myself? And, and we're not asking you to cop to it. That's what the whole four-step inventory is to find out what's up. The facts about me, yes? I'm going to chase down my fears. I'm going to chase down all my relationships. I'm going to look at my conduct in all these matters, and I'm going to see if any of this is true. Because I don't bear witness to it unless it's true. Okay? So it says selfishness, self-centeredness, that, we think, is the root of our troubles. Now, this is them. They're not trying to convince you. They're witnessing to you all these years later what they discovered about themselves. Does that make sense? Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we've made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. I want to caution people new to this process. If you were harmed by people as a child or as an adult, we're not saying any part of that is your fault. Are you okay with that? As we go through this process, we learn the facts about ourselves. We at least learn that through all of that, I got the grace to be brought through it, and I can now put it to purpose to help others and I've learned that some of me, my tethering to those abuses as a child and as an adult, the reason I brought it on myself is I was unwilling to let go of it. I was in unforgiveness. And, and unforgiveness isn't a rule, but it is a tool to keep you chained to an event. Does it make sense? So same thing with forgiveness. It's not a rule, but it is a tool to untether you from events and allow your spirit to reign as was intended. Does that make sense? Okay. So, goes on to tell us, 
So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. So they've said most humans, they're regular examples of self-will run riot. Me, I've determined I am alcoholic. I'm an extreme example of self-will run riot, and I don't think so. What are my chances? Not good. Not good without a complete restoration. I'm not going to think my way into a better life. Does it make sense? All right. So it says, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. Now they're talking to me, perhaps you. If you're in the sound of my voice and you think yourself addict, alcoholic, have that condition, then it is imperative in order to live free and be happy that I get rid of selfishness. I've heard people say that AA is a selfish program. No, it's a selfless program. But I'll tell you a little secret. Selflessness and selfishness look very much the same to the uninitiated. Because wow. I don't take my direction from you. Nope. So you may think I'm selfish when I am selfless and moving in the spirit. Yeah. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Because we may get called to do something hard. How many of you in the spirit have been called to do something hard? And everyone told you, don't do that. That's crazy. Crazy or not. Here we go. <laughs> So it says, we must, or it kills us. God, God makes that possible. Apparently, I have a part to play in ridding myself of self, doesn't it? So people, it's not magical. I'm going to have to follow these instructions. I'm going to have to participate in the rearrangement of my thinking. Yes? And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. How many of you had moral and philosophical convictions? You knew what to do, couldn't do it. You knew what not to do, couldn't not do it. How many of you could see clearly when other people were doing that how they were wrong? Okay, so you're right there with them. There's another book that says, oh, what a wretch I am. I do the things I hate, and I don't do the things I want to do. Every addict, every abnormal behavior emanates from just that same experience, doesn't it? Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. They're just telling you a fundamental truth. This mind, no matter how bad I wanted to not do, I did. No matter how bad I wanted to do, at times I did not do. But the power within me empowered me to act better than I wanted to. It empowered me to be kinder than I felt like being. Any of you know what I'm talking about? And that's when I came to know there is a power greater than me living in me that wants more for me and he wants to use me to reach you. Because I still think like me even though I act more like him 
a high percentage of the time. I still think, fuck that. How can I help you? So you get what I'm saying. So this is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that here and after in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He's the principal. We're his agents. He, he's the father and we're his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. What concept? That he's the principal and we're his agent. He's the father. We're the children. The whole purpose of the 12-step manner of living is to restore your identity. If you will go through the process and stay in the process, you will discover who you are and whose you are. And when you know that, there's nothing you cannot do. Yes? Now they're going to talk a little bit about being serious about this because I've got to stay in it. I can't keep a foot in this world and pretend to be in that world because it doesn't work. It's not a rule. It just doesn't work. It's some kind of spiritual physics. <laughs> right? So when we sincerely took such a position, what position? I'm turning my will and my life over this power that I now understand to be this experience and that he's the father, I'm the child, he's the principal, we're, the, right? we're there now. So when I sincerely take such a position, all sorts of remarkable things follow. How many of you are students of that other book? Signs and wonders follow us. So you, you need to know that. When you, when you start walking in it and start paying attention, the blind see, the lame walk, sight comes to the blind, the captives are set free. You don't believe it? Hang out here. Happens every day. Christian, we put you on blast tonight? Christian, what, a year ago? Sitting on a yard, 27 years into a 25-year bid. Told you what, never getting out. Lost his final appeal, never getting out. Then he got a phone call. Said, hey, you're going before the clemency board. Said, oh, what am I going to do? I'm not even prepared to go to the clemency board. How the hell am I going to go? I'm not a good, I can't imitate Christian that well. <laughs> but anyway, Michael got a hold of him. He got a hold of Michael, said, why don't you apply to New Freedom? He applied to New Freedom. Denise and Maddie went down the clemency board. They said, yeah, we'll take him. Let him out on the first pass at clemency. How many of you know that's it? <laughs> Those of you that see our newsletter, you'll find that he is the front couple of pages of it. He's now employed, living in an apartment on his own, has his own truck, and he's getting that ankle monitor cut off any day. If you don't believe in signs and wonders, come watch us and walk with Christian. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. So what's his work? 
Sir, feed the sheep. Exactly right. Denise, is that what you said? If you love me, feed my sheep. How do I keep close? I grow in consciousness. I grow in awareness of being aware of that power in and on my life. Does that make sense? Why would I want to pray and meditate? So that I can improve consciousness. Why would I want to serve more and more and more? Because I get more power than I need when I offer it to another. I'll tell you what, the only thing I ever found that made sense of the life I was given and the way I squandered it and the things I went through because of the way I squandered it is that all of that squandering was put to purpose and I've been able to alleviate suffering for hundreds if not thousands. And every one of those people is going to go out and do it for others. So it says, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. How many of you have recognized over time that what you had planned and designed for yourself was pitifully small compared to what was coming to you if you would just get in the walk? It says, more and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. Then they're going to talk to us about this experience. As we felt new power flow in. Some of you felt that power flow in tonight. Your life will never be the same if you'll pay attention to what's going on. That's happening in you. So it ain't about what you got to believe, what I believe. Doesn't matter what I believe. All you got to believe is that that power is in you and calling you to more. said, so as we enjoyed peace of mind, I know a bunch of you felt that. <laughs> yeah, because you're getting introduced to your identity. Once you know, guys that you, you guys that came out of prison, they stole your identity. You were not allowed to have an identity. So it's important that we restore your identity because you are not any of those names that any of those people ever called you. Amen. You're not an offender and you're not an inmate to us. You're a member. And we will correct other people that tell us otherwise. Yeah. Member means you belong. Yeah. Member means you give us a contribution that no one else can give us. What? Yeah. You with me? Yeah. As we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully. How many of you discovering you can? How many of you got a little bit of a bump just by seeing someone you knew that was once just as bad as you showing you how? That's our whole model. That's our whole model. Don't get me a bunch of educated people. Get me a bunch of people who have tore it up. And now we're not going to live in the mess. We're going to live in the message. And you guys, the sermon isn't with this, it's with your walk. People will see the light in you. Light is self-evident. Doesn't have to be announced. Okay, so as we discovered we could face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence. Why in the further steps, the higher consciousness steps am I seeking to improve conscious contact? Awareness of being aware. These aren't rules. This is an earnest effort 
to make sure I'm awakened more of the time. Otherwise, I fall into restlessness, irritable, and discontent. Does that make sense? And the more awakened I am in the spirit, the more likely I'll find opportunities to serve. So we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter we are reborn. What normally happens for a rebirth? That self has got to go. So you, you start to see now why you're going to take less offense to things and things like that. Because when the self dies and people try and offend you, the dead aren't easily offended. And I live my life in him who uses the earth as his footstool. Does that make sense? Okay. So then it says we're now at step three. Don't you hate the way these guys write? They said that like two and a half pages ago. Okay, so they wanted us prepared. They wanted us to relate. Are we with them? We're good with the experience we've had so far. We're ready to enter into a decision. So they're going to tell you what many of them did. I'm going to read it. Then I'm going to get to the bottom of it and talk to you a little bit about that, and then we're going to be done. Okay? So it says, many of us said to our maker as we understood him. Notice that's always in italics. Because the way I understood on day one is not what I understand now because my understanding has grown as I grew in him. Does that make sense? God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Notice how they described self as bondage. You ever been taken prisoner by your own thoughts? Oh, yeah. So that's a real thing, right? Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Then they tell you about contemplation before you get into something rash. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready. I gotta go, am I really ready to do this? Do I really still want to keep a hold of this identity or want to walk into a new identity? Because as long as I'm straddling the fence, this is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. Does that make sense? Because remember, that guy's got to die so that the one I'm hoping for can live. So it says, we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. So they're not telling you, don't say this prayer with somebody. And they're not telling you what prayer to say. They're saying this is a serious move in your life and you might want to do it alone so that you can be fully transparent. All right, because the gravity of this decision needs to be serious for me. It says the wording was, of course, quite optional. So I'm not making that up. How many of you talk in King James language? <laughs> Just Sean. See? So we don't, have to, we don't have to have a memorized prayer. You can, but if it doesn't mean anything to you, God doesn't care about prayers you don't care about because he dwells in you. So let's make it meaningful. Let's understand what it is I'm offering. Does that make sense? 
So it's quite optional so long as we express the idea. What's the idea? There? Right? You notice how it said, take away my difficulties, that they may bear witness. They didn't say, Joe, tell them about it. No. They said, let them watch. And then when they see your difficulties flying off of you, they can't help but notice, because we know what a mess you were, Joe. How many of you met somebody here that you knew in there? I go, this stuff must work, because I knew that son of a bitch. Yeah. So quite optional so long as we express the idea of voicing it without reservation. Why do I got to voice it without reservation? They told you something about it in first step instruction. They said, we learned we had to fully concede to our innermost self. Can't do that based on a lie. No reservation. No reservation, no lurking notion. Just, just me and the creator within me. So it's a serious, some of you are feeling it. The seriousness is real, right? So you want to say a prayer you know and understand it doesn't matter how inadequate you think it is because God knows how you talk. He's, he saw you from a long way off. Any of you know that story? Any of you prodigals returning? I always think prodigals returning, everyone should recognize that. When they walk in here from where they come from and people start going, welcome home! What, what are these assholes? <laughs> we don't want nothing. We want wellness. We want, we, want, we want to make warriors in the spirit to go redeem a whole bunch more. We want generations of people Amen. to go out and reclaim this territory. That's what we want. So this was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made an effect... Sometimes a very great one was felt at once. If you missed any of that tonight, you didn't get the feel of the effect, go, go say something to yourself in a mirror if you're ready to make this decision and just see if you don't get an effect. Yeah? I'll tell you one thing. I got a minute, so I'm going to tell you a little story. I had a guy who had been in AA for about 10 years, never been through the steps, and he asked me if I would take him through. And so I got to this point in the book, and I said, you're going to have an effect. Call me later tell me what the effect was. I'll know. If you really had an effect, I'll know. I'll feel you right through the phone. Right. And he uh, called me about 9 o'clock. He says, well, I did all that. Finished all my whole inventory. And I didn't feel nothing. I go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Ten years in AA and you've never done the steps and you're done with an inventory already? I said, hmm, some people would consider that an effect. <laughs> anyway, thanks. See you next week.